This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rodgers to throw it has all day. And wide open. He's got it. It's Devontae Adams. Rodgers looks the other way. And it's Jamal Williams. He's headed to the end zone. And he's in with a Packer touchdown. Rodgers the other way for the end zone. Geronimo Allison. Aaron Jones. That's going to be another Packer touchdown. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North, Score North mobile app. We'll talk Twins and Jose Barrios possibly regaining ace status in about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes with Roy Smalley. But can we pick up this conversation? We were just talking with Matthew Collar off of Purple Daily during the commercial break. Mm-hmm. And I just, want to, I just want to throw out to you guys what, what him and I were talking about. It's uh, it's Tuesday. We're about 48 hours after the Vikings' defeat at mm-hmm. Lambeau Field. And I'm having a really hard time. This is going to sound dumb. Like, I'm having a hard time bouncing back. I'm having a hard time <laughs> looking at this team and Kirk Cousins and saying, you know what? Well, that was, you just dust yourself off after that one. It's okay. Like, quarterbacks have bad games. I'm having a really hard time, like, looking at the rest of the season based off Kirk Cousins' performance on Sunday and thinking, Yep, I'm going to stick to my 11 and 5, and I'm going to stick to winning a playoff game and stick to this team has a chance to make some noise deep into January. I just like, I don't feel that anymore after Sunday. What do you guys think? I'm not saying you necessarily should, but there's reasons that you could. Because coming into the season, I didn't think there was all that much room for improvement for Kirk Cousins on what you saw last year. What you got from Kirk Cousins last year was pretty close to what he did year in and year out in Washington. He had one really big year in Washington that sort of jumps off the page and stands out from the rest of his track record and resume. But Kirk Cousins, what you got last year is pretty much Kirk Cousins. And you were going to get better by giving him better protection on the offensive line. By bringing back Kyle Rudolph and adding Irv Smith as another offensive weapon with a healthy Dalvin Cook and with Gary Kubiak and his system and and his blocking schemes. That's how you were going to get whatever incremental improvement that you were going to get out of Kirk Cousins. So far, one of those things has worked, and that's Dalvin Cook. If those other things start to fall into place, if you see this offensive line progress and get better and Kirk Cousins has time to think back there, if if Gary Kubiak's game planning and 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 blocking schemes start to work, if you start to see Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and 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 Thielen and Diggs do what they can on the outside, 
you could get a better version of Kirk Cousins, but not a much better version, but you need all those things to happen. That's why they made the moves that they made in the offseason to prop up Kirk Cousins and make him better, and most of those things aren't happening now. To me, a bigger concern is the offensive line. More than I'm worried about Kirk Cousins, I'm worried about the offensive line because Collar told me today on Score North Live, he got pressured on 60% of his dropbacks. No quarterback is going to be successful being pressured on 60% of their dropbacks. That's just not going to happen. And we can point a finger at Kirk Cousins all we want, and fairly so. That was a terrible throw on first down. That's a fourth down throw that you make when the game is on the line. And he did it on first down and threw an interception and possibly cost his team the game. He deserves a lot of criticism. But no quarterback would be good behind that offensive line in the passing game on Sunday. Do you want the therapist to help you or or the venom that I feel right now? Let's start with the venom. Let's just get it all. I think we should just get it all out there. Just put okay. it put it on this table right here. Fair enough. And then you can and then you can play therapist. Fair enough. Cuz we we discussed this extensively today on Ventline with uh, Danny as well. Uh the venom is this to what Rami just said. Garrett Bradbury. Okay, let's say let's just go down the path that Kirk Cousins is coachable, and, and you can. And I don't believe this, but let's go down the path of you can sort of fix some of these things. They can sort of be fixed. Decision making can be fixed. The interior of the offensive line can't be fixed. Garrett Bradbury is being picked up and being used as a human pinata by defensive tackles. In the 2019 season, you can't fix that. Like you can't get him bigger to a point where in two weeks he is going to face. Rami's guy, Hakeem Nix. And I'm not joking when I say I'm afraid that he's going to be thrown into Kirk Cousins. Like picked up. Like a pinata. Physically thrown. And just, and just batted around. Like you can't, you can't change that. And, and the venom I feel, the frustration is, is this. The Vikings saw a year of Kirk, 2018. That, that was your window. And let's just say you misjudged some things that you assumed were going to be okay from Washington and, and they weren't. You, you had a hubris to think that you could fix things and you couldn't. But we all knew and talked about, and Phil, we've talked about this since before Kirk ever set foot in this state. Offensive line play and offensive line building in the construction, right? And, and how Spielman had never made it a priority through the years and how that had cost them. And guess what now? You've got Kirk Cousins Kubiak, who, who is a baby blanket. He is a security blanket because that's the Shanahan system that Kurt knows. You've got Kirk Cousins, two big-time receivers, Dalvin Cook, a running back who, when healthy and playing, as we've seen for two weeks now, is a marvelous player. Um, Tight ends, who can help him? But yet you still basically rearranged and made one draft pick and signed a guy in Josh Klein, a right guard coming off a bad year, to protect him. And so... I don't see because Kirk's not going to change, and and there are some quarterbacks who can probably, if the line is breaking down around them, some operate better than others do. But Kirk Cousins isn't going to be that guy. That's not going to change here. Like in 2019, he's not going to be like, ah, you know what? Last week all the pressure got to me, but this week I'm just okay. When when Garrett Bradbury in Soldier Field comes flying at Kirk, Kirk's going to freak out, and Garrett Bradbury's going to hit Kirk, and Kirk's going to fall down. Like a like a bowling pin, and that's going to be all she wrote. And so my venom is: you fixed all these things, you got the quarterback, you got the OC or the uh, assistant head coach, offensive advisor, I guess in Kubiak, but you never took care of something that on the old Mackie and Judd show we probably spent during the course of the time that show was around. I would say fifth total segments talking about. 
Yeah, and I think that's you know, my that's my venom. Hindsight, obviously, very much twenty twenty here. Although you could say hindsight was uh, that that foresight was obvious. And that's this, what I thought it was. If, if you had a pool of, I'd have to do the math on how much they're paying quarterback plus offensive line. But let's call it what are they paying their offensive line sixty quarterback thirty like sixty million dollars of money pooled up between offensive line and quarterback, something like that, right? that they'd be better off paying a lot less to a quarterback to give you maybe even better production than Kirk Cousins or or something of equal value and spending an extra 10 to 15 to 20 million dollars on so offensive line keep right? Case Keenum and get a top shelf offensive line I'm not line. saying Case cuz I think okay, Case how was, about this Case one, was lightning in a bottle Mike Zimmer can coach defense Take one of these prized people that he loves away and say we're going to go a little bit cheaper here because we've got to get a guard or a center. We just have to, Mike. Mike, you Mike, you are here to coach defense, and you are really good, really good at, at that. So Xavier Rhodes can't come back. Or Griffin, who's been great so far through two weeks. Or Anthony Barr. I've said this for months now. The Patriots would have told Anthony Barr, Anthony, we really like you, and you're really good, but your money is going elsewhere because we've got to go get somebody else. Well, here's a actually a, another... Uh... This is complete hindsight, and I understand why they didn't do it. But Lamar Jackson makes about five or seven million dollars. I don't have it in front of me, but he doesn't make that much money because he was a late first round draft pick, especially compared to the Kirk Cousins money, right? If contracts were equal, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson, 22 years old. He's off to a blazing start in his second year in Baltimore. He's eight and one as a starter. He's, uh, he's a major threat. To run as well. He's averaging, my God. I mean, he's averaging like five or six yards a carry on the ground, too. Um, if you could go back, and again, it's, you can play this game all day. If you could go back, you'd rather spend a lot less money, roll the dice on a rookie quarterback, and then reallocate the money that you're not spending on Kirk Cousins to other positions on the field offensive line, right? Um, but I understand when they went into the 2000, well, two, two off seasons ago, 2018 offseason. They had a win now window and a team coming off an NFC championship game and they wanted they were they were shopping not for the highest ceiling for quarterback, they were shopping for the highest floor. And they determined that Kirk Cousins floor is higher than Case Keenum's floor because Case Keenum's floor is a disaster, but like I'm a sixteen game disaster. Right. But I, I'm asking both of you guys, I'm talking about the offseason of two thousand nineteen into this year now. So, like, this is not going way, way back. This is this is conversations that since this show started, we've had. And how does it not make sense to have told Mike, one of these defensive players is going to have to go? Because we have to spend this up. We know Kirk now. Like, you got a year with, and, and they clearly saw it because they got Kubiak, right? So it's not as if they said, well, Kirk was perfect and it was just a tough year. They said he's got flaws. And we saw games, and one of the flaws was he goes into basically what I would call a blind panic, and he pro- and maybe he should, I don't know. But if you are going to put the pressure that teams put on Kirk, he can't handle it, and, and he is he can roll out and throw a little bit, but it's not it's not fantastic. So just within the scope of the past what eight months, six months, how could you not go fix that one final thing? Mean, how is Josh Klein the answer? And poor Bradbury, he's an undersized. Center who eventually might be good, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm afraid for his health. I'm literally afraid watching that kid play because he's getting moved by people who are like bulldozers. Yeah, 
So I don't, I don't, so for, you know, the Jackson conversation is certainly fun, but I'm just speaking of the last six months and conversations that were had in the studio. So, and, and at the time we weren't second guessing, we were saying, you've got to in- improve this line. And as Boone told Collar at the fair, he's exactly right. Alex said they rearranged it. They didn't really improve it. They sort of rearranged the deck chairs, but they didn't go out and say, Okay, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna release roads and get Saffold or something, mm-hmm. which automatically strengthens your line a lot. They essentially said we're gonna go get a guy who struggled in Tennessee. Okay, that's gonna work, and we're gonna draft a guy who might eventually be fine. But again, the biggest change in this league since I started to cover it in two thousand three is those defensive tackles now are so big, are beasts, and they can move. Yeah. They didn't used to move. They used to be anchored in the middle. So they didn't so the center had to work, but he didn't have to work like he does like, now. Like Pat Williams was just sort of like like Pat Williams' job was more just to like be a threat to do something, right? Correct. I'm just gonna kinda s I'm just gonna kinda be here and make sure that two guys have to be on Grady like, Jackson free up Ray Ted Grady Jackson, Ted Washington. Yeah. They anchored against the run. Ted Washington was literally the size and weight of an anchor. Gilbert like, that Brown you would have yes. on a boat. Remember yeah. Gilbert Brown of yes. the Packers? I worked with Gilbert Brown in Milwaukee. <laughs> Did you? And, yeah. Gary Ball. Like Jerry yes. Ball. These yeah. are all guys. Yeah, and I loved them, yes. but they weren't threats to move at you really. Jerry Ball. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Those tackles are great. Jerry Ball. Dude, you stand next to Gilbert Brown, you're like, we're the same, we're the same species, huh? Football. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's like, no, no, we're not. It's amazing. But so so I'm with you in in the frustration here. And and I blame Kirk as well, a lot. But this is a bigger picture conversation of because this year's not about, or at least it wasn't supposed to be, a feel-good year. This was supposed to be, okay, what's the continuation of what we thought that they could do in 2018? And now, and look, game one against the Falcons. Boys, he threw 10 passes. You still can't get past that. Is that what the formula is? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just... I, now you got to know I, I, I know that I know that the attention has now shift and shifted to offensive line on day, day two of this fallout. And the offensive line has been abysmal in pass protection. It's amazing how bad they've been in pass protection and how incredible the run game has been through the first two games. Just a complete Jekyll and Hyde. But I still, like, I don't think it has to be either or. I think I almost feel like it's either offensive line or quarterback, and it's always a combination of both. And I have, I still have major beef, even though he was pressured 60% of the snaps, I still have major beef with Kirk Cousins' decision-making his level of panic, mm-hmm. and just his general inability to rise above any kind of adversity and win a big game. But given the situation that you're in and we're in coming into the season, let's not go all the way back to when they signed Kirk Cousins and should they have gone a different route and spent money on the offensive line. Let's just start. Our starting point is this last offseason and the decisions that they made in coming into this season. You shouldn't be that surprised or disappointed by what you've gotten from Kirk Cousins through the first two weeks. He's not a guy who can make things happen on his own. That's what that's what a great quarterback is. That when everything breaks down, when your offensive line doesn't do their job, your running back makes, misses a block or somebody runs the wrong route, a guy who can do it himself and win games for you. Kirk Cousins ain't that guy. He really is not that guy. You came into this season saying if you were going to get any improvement on what you got last year from Kirk Cousins, it was going to be because of the things that are going on around him. The things that are going on around him haven't gotten better to prop him up. 
You shouldn't be surprised by this. The Packers game does, though. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. I, you know, I, I, I don't expect... I don't expect a lot, but that was awful. Yeah, I think I, I mean this is really we're kind of, I mean we're kind of splitting hairs here a little bit, but I, I I agree with most of Rami's sentiment, which is he should not be expected to carry an offense to a Super Bowl. He's not Tom Brady. He's not. I mean, he's not Matt Ryan. You know, he's not. He's not any of those guys in the top eight or ten. Um, I just like I'm a little surprised at how aggressively he shipwrecked that game. So well, play <laughs> the like, play the package again, Phil. I, I they, don't want to sit, but the that. Pa- that's but, like 90 seconds of horror. Well, play part of it, but I mean, this is this this is his day. God, this is all right. Awful. We're not going to play this whole thing. The blitz. He gets out of it. Cousins. Can he run for the first down? And he does. Up to the 40. The ball comes out as he slid toward the 40. The ball's out. And he's sacked. And the Packers come up with it. The fumble recovery on the sack of Cousins. Cousins with extra pressure. He's got time. A high throw and overthrew Adam Thielen. Who? <laughs> I mean, I think what Rami's pointing to here is what I often preached. It's funny, like I'm having my words thrown back at me. Like for years on this show, I have talked about the gap between reality and expectations is where angst and pitchforks mm-hmm. and torches lie, right? Yeah. That if there's if you expect this up here and the reality is that hey, actually it's more like this right here. I mean, this has been like Judd in the wild for like Judd and I will talk about the wild. I'm like, dude, I mean, they're just like this feels really not that good and like why are you getting so mad? <laughs> they're not supposed to win the Stanley Cup. Right. You know? Right, but, but I hate but I but I hate when when a collection of people do dumb things and this feels like it's repeating that pattern. Yeah. It's a collection of people doing things that don't make sense when they're told, when basically people in the studio can sit here and tell them what to do. Yeah, um, Be smarter. You know what, just real quick, before we, we're going to get to Roy Smalley here shortly, on Purple Daily yesterday, the conversation came up, is Kirk Cousins really just Ryan Fitzpatrick, but like just kind of a nerdier version of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is like, <laughs> he's like cool nerdy. Right. Kirk Cousins is like... Trying to be cool, nerdy. Exactly. Right? I think you nailed that. But they're both description. Like they're both guys who are gonna like they can throw it around for three hundred fifty yards and three touchdowns, but they can also absolutely shipwreck a game that otherwise would have been won by you. And in the end, Ryan Fitzpatrick turned out to just be kind of a journeyman who I believe he now has the record for most teams uh with an interception thrown with like the most teams played for that he's thrown an interception for, right? Yeah. Is Kirk Cousins' destiny in the NFL at some point once this? Because no, I don't think anyone's going to lock him up for like a five or a ten year deal, right? He's not Aaron Rodgers. When he's done with the Vikings, is he destined to just kind of bounce around and be like the backup option? We're kind of looking for a draft pick guy. Like we'd love to draft a franchise quarterback, but in the meantime, we'll go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is that Kirk Cousins' destiny in the NFL? I think he'll get one more shot at being the starter for a franchise. Do you guys After think, the Vikings. Do you think Kirk Cousins plays in Minnesota beyond the third year of no. his contract next year? Well, I, I hope, don't. I don't I either. I hope not. I mean, if, if he wants to play for 10 bucks, sure. <laughs> I'm not paying him a thing. Imagine how much you could spend on the O-line if he only got paid 10 bucks. I told you guys. Mm-hmm. I told huh? you. I told you guys. I'll go back to my primary frustration. This is now the wild. It didn't work. This is Parisian suitor. Now that had better results because you had you did have that playoff run, and it seems like it it was more fun than Kirk has been. But the Vikings took a stab here, and and it didn't work. And if they make the playoffs, you should be happy. And I'm not I'm not ready to say it didn't work yet, but I feel I feel so dirty after that second game. Like I just feel are you willing so to say you think dirty. there's there's any 
window of a championship? Their championship window revolves solely around the defense and the running game right now. Oh boy. But but again, like I was actually I, mm. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine last night, my buddy Nate, and I think the way he put it to me, we were talking about Kirk Cousins. We were at the uh, at the new local over in Judd's neck of the woods over in St. Louis Park, tipping back a couple beers and trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with the Vikings, all right? Good place to go. And he said, hear me out on this. Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins knows he's not the guy, but he wakes up every morning like trying to pep himself up to tell himself that he's like he's yeah. he knows he's not the guy. Yeah. But he also feels an obligation because of the money he makes and the guaranteed contract and the franchise quarterback label. He feels an obligation to try and be the guy even though he's not capable. He's pl- he's a corporate That's pretty cor- deep, He's but. a he's a corporate quarterback. He's playing the role. He is the quarterback of a team in an HBO show. That's him. That's why. That's why he says stuff His like pizza ranch commercials do not indicate he has any acting talent whatsoever. <laughs> you don't like pizza ranch? Who's the guy they stuck with him? Know. Who's like supposed to be a teammate, but it's clearly just like me. I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. I thought you guys might know. It's not, but he's. I mean, the guy looks like I do physically. It's like this guy doesn't play in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, can you play left guard? <laughs> Hey, Kirk's friend, can you play? Because you got some girth. Did did Marty Gellner get bumped from the Pizza Ranch commercials for Kirk Cousins? Or are they both? Are they both endorsing? I have Pizza not Ranch? seen Marty since, I and I seen thought Marty. the same. Marty, I know she's Bring easily Marty the, back. She's easily the Pizza Ranch for the win, as opposed to Kirk. I think I'll go get the uh, buffet. <laughs> we should start the hashtag. Bring Marty back. I want to know. I want to know if Cousins' buddy can play left guard, or right guard, or center, anywhere on the interior line. Just gain about ten more pounds. You can play there. All right, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about Jose Barrios returning potentially to ace status with Roy Smalley when we come back here, Judge Zolga, Mackie, and Jabarami. But first, I want to talk about my friends at Serta Pro Painters. You know, fall is coming and you're about to be, and I know it's nice right now, but you're about to be stuck inside your house for a while. And guess what? You have a room or rooms that need painting. They need to look better. Go home tonight, check out your house, and I guarantee you, you're going to spend the winter in your house. And if you don't act on this now, you're going to say, this guest room looks awful. That's where the folks, my friends at Serta Pro Painters, come in. I'm thrilled by the job they did at my house, making our guest room and bath look like new. And two words come to mind when I check out the work that uh, the Serta Pro Painters folks did at my house, professional and thorough. And now, as I just said, it's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that I did. Fall's a great time to check painting off your to-do list and fall back in love with your home. Love your indoors again by giving your home a fresh and cozy look this fall with a new coat of paint. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated, so it's right here in our community. Schedule your free estimate online at Serta Pro or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from CERTA Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online, CERTAPRO.com, or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's CERTA with a C. CERTA Pro Painters, we do painting, you do life. And scorenorth.com. Join Dan Terhar, Kendra D. St. Alvin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at 2.30, kickoff at 3 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. And this segment with Roy Smalley is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami back with you on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app, where, by the way, if you haven't heard, we have a five-day-a-week twin show. It's called, quite simply... The Score North Twin Show, every day at noon 
on AM1500, on live.scorenorth.com, and on the mobile app. Or you can just say, Alexa, open Scorenorth, and you'll hear twins every day at noon, as long as they continue to ride this wave. And Roy Smalley, World Series champion and analyst for Fox Sports North, I think it's worth posing the question, is Jose Barrios back to ace status after these last couple outings? Well, a lot closer, isn't he? His uh, last two outings, um, admittedly not the, the best lineup last night, Except that those guys uh, are maturing into a pretty good, pretty good lineup. Three or four of those hitters, pretty uh, pretty stout. So uh, good effort last uh, last night. I thought the the game he pitched against Washington was was really good uh, because those guys can definitely hit up and down the lineup, and and he throttled them pretty well. So and it wasn't just the fact that. Uh, that he held them uh, both teams down. It was the way he did it. Um, he's throwing his four seam fastball. Uh, he's pitching inside, uh, and um, it, everything is just uh, it, it, everything that I had hoped to see uh, start start. You know, at least the last two starts is uh, the way he went about it. And as we discussed during that national start by Jose as well, when we talked in the press box, I mean, that was basically the blueprint that you had talked about, what, two weeks back or so? Or, of, or, or, or a month. Yeah, exactly. So is that, so is that a confidence? Is that, um, strategic changes made? Like how, how do you see something a month ago and, and then when it comes to fruition, it's successful? Well, um, a couple of things. He was having trouble with mechanics uh, issues. His his pitching mechanics uh, were were off, and so he was having trouble commanding the four seam fastball. And he he was really uh, concerned about that. And so they said, you know, the, the pitching staff, the pitching coaching staff, you know, said you know, kind of gave him the okay to. You know, work with his his sinker a little, his two seam fastball a little bit more if he if uh, he felt like that was what he could throw strikes with, and you know, while he worked on the, his mechanics and and he kind of fell in love with that. He was throwing that a lot and and uh, just kind of jettisoned the the four seam fastball for a while, and um, and I think it was a so it was partly command, partly confidence, and and all those things, and I think as they. As they work through some mechanics issues, and it looks like those are getting better, then the confidence to throw the fastball, the forcing fastball where he wants to, uh, you know, comes along, and and everything falls in in place uh, after that. So I, his ability, I, I think, what he's re- and what, I, what he realized, whether it was a strategic change uh, or uh, it just happened, what he saw was that when he pitches inside. Everything gets better, and I don't mean, you know, every pitch. You know, but but you have to. He's using his two seam fastball, the ball that runs in hard, to get in under the hands of hitters. He did that. You probably noticed last night. He did that really well against Jose Abreu, and then made him. Uh, you just came in hard under his hands with the two seam fastball that was running in there, and then and then it, and Abreu was real vulnerable to the to the good breaking ball away as a result of that, which is what's going to happen. And the same thing happened against the other way against left-handers with his four-seam fastball. He's throwing the ball in and up, and uh, to left-hand hitters that are, you know, way uh, more out over the plate and low-ball hitters. And he was he was dominating uh, with that. So I, I don't know if, if 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 somebody finally got to him and said, 
you know, you got to throw your four seam fastball and you got to throw it inside. Um, or if it just kind of turned out, he, he did that a couple of times and, and with great result. And he said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this. Talking with Roy Smalley as we do every Tuesday at this time on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Another, another part of this team that's got to have Twins fans feeling a lot better, Roy, is that bullpen. And I know before this stretch started of Red Sox, Indians, Nationals, Indians and some good lineups, Judd said, we're going to find out just what this Twins bullpen is made of and whether or not they're for real. Have you seen enough that you feel like that's a unit you can rely on heavily in the postseason? You know, I think so. Uh, only because they've they've done it enough times now, um, especially uh, Duffy and Trevor May. Uh, the, both of those guys have great numbers here for the last month, uh, it, but the numbers don't even tell all the story. The change in them from going to you know throwing a lot of balls and walking people and three and one counts and uh, to pounding the strike zone with fastballs just consistently and 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 lively fastballs. It, you know, Trevor Mays is at 96 and 98. Duffy's at 95 on a regular basis and has that great curveball. And they, those guys have been, you know, real weapons. And Romo is uh, is solid, and we know that uh, Taylor Rogers is uh, is solid. So there's, you know, starting in the fifth or sixth inning, you, you know, you have some you have some guys that uh, you can. You, you really feel like going to give you a chance to uh, for them to hold the other team down, and now of course you add in uh, Gratterall, and and uh, you know you just you know I'm not ready to say, I'm not ready to anoint him yet, but my goodness, that stuff looks good. Yeah, uh, Roy Smalley. So I, I'm I'm sort of I'm co-opting this blueprint for Twins playoff success with Darren Doogie Wolfson, our friend from Channel Five and the Scoop Podcast. We love the idea of bullpenning game two instead of game. Like if you're going to bullpen a game in a playoff series, I, I, what we would do is Jose Barrios game one, and let's say it's the Yankees and you're playing at Yankee Stadium. Let Jake Odorizzi pitch game three at Target Field because he's better at home and he's a he's one of the the most prolific flyball pitchers in baseball. And in game two, you have an all hands on deck bullpen approach with an off day after it. Yay or nay? I'm okay with that. I, I really am. I, I, I think it's changed. I, I think the, the series in Cleveland, especially the way the bullpens performed, and then the series in in Cleveland, uh, may have changed their their thinking a little bit. I I, I don't know. It, it certainly puts me in the in the mode of of saying, uh, you know, if one of the first three games is is uh, a bullpen game, I'm okay with that. Uh, and a lot will have to do with uh, how the first game you know goes and who they have to use and all those kinds of things. But uh, the way the bullpen is pitched and then the added uh, confidence. I mean, you got you got eleven, twelve guys you know out there. I mean, you got new guys. You got you're loaded with arms out there, so it makes it you know it, it makes it a little bit easier. I don't know who they're gonna who they're gonna keep for the playoff roster. That's going to be really interesting. But I think they're going to be they're going to they're going to have the guys that they think are going to are, are going to give them the best best chance and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gratterall is there and I don't want to leave out uh, Mark Littell either because I think what he's done has is a big enough sample size where uh where where he's a factor. So yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that whether it's game 2 or game 3. I um I'll go, I'll go with you Odorizzi at home. It's fine with me. I threw it out there today, Roy, and this is one of those ideas that when when I first have it, I don't know if it's crazy or stupid or brilliant. I I threw it out there today on the Twins show, bullpen game, bullpen day in game one. 
And and this and this is my thinking. On your bullpen day, you're going to be at a disadvantage on paper in terms of the starting pitching matchup. Get that disadvantage out of the way in game one, and then you might have the advantage on paper in games two or three, or at least a push. Yeah, I think that the Yankees are are uh, are good enough on the mound um, in, in the stars that I don't know. I don't know if it's you know Brios versus you know Severino or Brios versus. Uh, you know the other guys that they that they have, whoever they you know whoever that would be, whether it was um, Jay Happ or whether it was Tanaka or whether probably it's the um, I'm blanking on his name, the left-hander from Seattle, uh, Paxton. Yeah, Paxton. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I don't know if it's if it's Severino Paxton game one and two. I don't know that you're you know that you're necessarily sacrificing Barrios in, in either one of those. I think he's going to have to pitch really well regardless of who the other guy is. Yeah. So, Roy, what's the process like? Um, and you, you obviously went through this with your teammates in '87. Once you clinch, because they're they're going to clinch here. I mean, if you've got a steady diet now with the White Sox, uh, Sands Giolito tonight, then it's going to be uh, Kansas City, and then it's going to be Detroit, and back to KC. Once you clinch the division, do you just rest, guys? Basically, do you toy with with things? What what in your mind becomes the process when the division is finished? Yeah, you rest guys. Uh, you look at um, you, you look at other guys. Uh, just as we were talking about in the bullpen, you know it's it's going to be a bit of a try. That bullpen is going to be a bit of a tryout uh, with with some guys, uh, and uh, and you really do want to you know rest guys. I mean, it, uh, it, it, the other the other thing about this team is that if, if you've noticed, guys uh, are out of the lineup for a while. They don't seem to to miss much of a beat when they at the plate when they get back in there. So you got to get Kepler feeling really, uh, really well. It'd be good to um, you know rest Nelson Cruz's uh, left wrist. I mean, there's there's guys that are banged up, and um, you want guys as healthy as possible going into the playoffs, and you want to think about uh, uh, starting pitchers uh, not pitching an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you know rest. I mean, they need to get their their games in, but then, you know, there's, it's shorter starts and, and that's where the bullpen tryout comes in, you know, th- those kinds of things. Sure. How, how much fun was it the night if you, after you guys clinched, I think in Arlington against Texas, how, how yeah. much immediate fun can be had when a team finally, especially when it's been a long time coming for a payoff for, uh, for teams, uh, can players have in the night that they clinch that division? <laughs> and tell me some good stories about you and Herbeck and Gaetti <laughs> and Kirby. Yeah, there, I, there are a lot of, there are a lot of stories. It's, um, uh, but it, it really is great. Uh, the feeling is, and as you ride through the, the play, as we rode through the playoffs, uh, you know, clinching, that was the first step. And, the, and then winning the, you know, obviously winning our, the, the American League pennant, there wasn't all the division, you know, the wild card and division stuff. You know, there were just the, you know, the two divisions, but, but every, everything that you accomplished, you know, just felt so good. With clinching the, our division was the biggest deal. When we when we won in the uh, in Detroit, um, it, we just it, it, we were you know on the road. We were pretty subdued, uh, really, because we we felt like uh, we we had unfinished business. I mean, we we wanted to win the World Series at that point, and and uh, you know we we came back from Detroit and had that had that great. Metrodome celebration with sixty thousand uh, people, which was you know, which was unbelievable. So yeah, I mean it's it's 
it's a real rush when you when you win the first one, right? You clinch the division. That they're gonna they're gonna have a you know a big time with that. And then for my my sense of it is, then it's uh, okay. Now let's get about the business of winning in the in the postseason. And each step there is, it, it, I think it. I, I know they're gonna celebrate a lot. Should they win and all that kind of stuff, and they should. But it's. It, it, as you march through, you know, through the playoffs, it's, it, it becomes a little bit less celebratory. It, it, at least it, that's the way I felt about yeah. it until you get to until you get to where you want to go. What kind of champagne were you guys rocking in 1987? <laughs> <laughs> top top shelf, little Dom. What, what were you it, rocking? You know, it's, it's funny because uh, you asked us the one one story about uh, about me personally. And after Game Seven, it was uh, we won Game Seven in, in A Seven on my 35th birthday. Yeah. And um, the guys, I don't, I, I, I can't remember who it was. Whether it was the clubhouse uh, 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 guy Jimmy Wiesner, or whether it was one of the guys, I don't know. Anyway, since I was, you know, one of the one of the old guys, Bert Blylevin and me, for the most part, yeah, and and Don Baylor. I mean, they, they, somebody had gotten me a rocking chair, like, you know, put it, instead of a, instead of a chair to sit on. So I had this rocking chair, and and my wife uh, had put in. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I got back to my uh, locker and we were uh, we were spraying stuff all over the place. And and then I got to my locker and and there was a cigar and a bottle of Dom Perignon there. So I sat yes. in my rocking chair, smoking a cigar and drinking Dom Perignon and thinking, this is this is it. Uh, this is exactly what I've wanted to do since I was five years old. What do, what do you That's guys amazing. think of uh, What do you guys think of a white claw celebration this time around? What if we get, What if we got rid of the <laughs> say no, what Roy? Do you think, man? Just say no. Spray no, some you, Spray some mango claws around the clubhouse. I'm a black think? cherry guy myself, Roy. I don't know. No, not not happening. Just Just not happening. You can't do that. You got to You got to have some decorum here. What do you think about the goggles? You guys didn't have goggles back in the day. Does the champagne burn your eyes that it badly? Stings. So badly. Really? Oh, it's just awful. I mean, it really is. It's it's really distracting, you know. And uh, um, I think the goggles look really stupid, <laughs> um, frankly. And I and I you know wish it they weren't. I wish they weren't you know, a necessity. But I I I understand why those guys do that because they they know they want to spray the stuff around. And um, it's uh, it's painful. It really is if you don't have those on. I feel a I feel a score north athlete challenge coming on here. I think we get ourselves in a, a sequestered room. We'll have to go. We'll have Spray to go champagne. like Corbell instead of Dom just yeah, for, for cost sure. purposes. Yeah. But and uh, let's let's see how bad it stings. I wear contacts. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North and World Series champion. We will. We might the next time we talk, it's possible that we're talking about a clinched division for the Twins. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they they puts a lot of pressure on uh, Cleveland. It's not unheard of for. Um, for I guess for uh, Cleveland to win twelve out of twelve, but that's what they'd have to. That's what they have to do if the if the Twins win uh, six six games. I think. Yep. So, you know that's, that's it, we're, they're in pretty good shape. Yep. Naga not gonna happen. Not on the not on the Twins watch. We'll talk next week, Roy. See ya. All right. See you guys. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami, the uh, Scorner Twin Show. Like we said. Five days a week. This is the this is the time to jump on the bandwagon of that show. If you're not already on Rami's Bomba Bus, then you I should was probably get on. Full it. of crackpot theories on the show today. It was the opener theory or the, the bullpenning theory. I I don't mind. I I don't agree in a best three of five to go game one, but the idea itself, I think, it's a, a good idea. It's going to happen. They're going to bullpen a game. I think. 
Oh, they, they, strategically, they'd be foolish to not bullpen right. a game. They so it's going to happen. I'm not running Kyle. Kyle Gibson is not on my but postseason game, roster. Game two is not a terrible idea. So game one, I don't like, but it's not like a crackpot idea. Thank Ga- you. Game, I'm not crackpot. Game. T- you, well, you <laughs> thought you were. <laughs> when, you said, when you said it, you're like, this might be the stupidest thing I've said. I said it's not the stupidest thing. And, and if it's if it's oh, four of seven, yeah. if it's four of seven, I might consider it. It's just that I don't want to lose game one that way and then have the opponent need two more. I mean, think about it this way, too. Okay, if you're... This this applies not only to a playoff series, but it's it's something that I'm sure front offices kick around for a full season, but just the question is, can you sustain it? If you've got starting pitchers that have four-plus earned run averages, like Kyle Gibson has a a four-and-a-half ERA, or Martin Perez has a four-whatever ERA... Mm -hmm. And you let a guy with a four plus ERA go out there against a, one of the best lineups in baseball for like four, five, six innings. You are asking to get smoked in that game. Correct. I would do what Craig Council and the Brewers did last year, though, which is don't tell them you're going opener. Have Kyle Gibson on your playoff roster. Say, yeah, we're starting Kyle, and after one batter, yank Kyle Gibson and pull the old switcheroo on him. So, I know, so I basically, what, what was who was the opener for Wade the, Miley, and they ended up starting him the following game. So maybe do that. Maybe if if so you say say Gibson, if you're doing what I'm saying, start Martin Perez in game one. Pull him after one batter. Is it possible for Kyle Gibson to give up <laughs> a grand slam to the batter. leadoff batter? Like, <laughs> I'm nervous. In Yankee Stadium, absolutely. <laughs> no, but they they started Wade Miley that game. He pitched literally to one batter. They brought in Freddie Peralta, and then Miley was ready to go for the next game because these guys do side work anyways. So that was that was Miley's day to throw. So he basically got his side session on the field facing a live batter and then pitched the following game. So maybe start Barrios game one, if you're going with my theory, my strategy. Pull him after a batter, and then he's ready to go for game two. So you could bullpen game one while sort of deking them with Jose Barrios. Yeah, pull the rug out from under him. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could go down there. some Rocco trickery of the mm-hmm. first class. You, you know who, who would be really mad? Mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah, they would not. Oh, they were not happy. Vegas would. Well, and, but I don't get that. So, so the rule is now because of the agreement that MLB has with Vegas that they have to basically the first people to see a, a lineup from each team, right, is Vegas. So, like, you can't. So, I don't get how that has to be a rule. But then, pitching wise, you can get around things, and which I don't mind. I don't care. But I'm just surprised that there's not more. That there's not more pushback from the betters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally do not care if they get their information or not. I remember earlier in the, was it this week or, or last week, I think I told you guys, I would start Devin Smeltzer in a playoff game over Kyle Gibson 10 times out of 10 because Devin Smeltzer feels like the type of guy that's just going to step up. And even if he's not Pedro Martinez, you know, he's he's just a guy that's not going to wilt in the moment. And we saw that over the weekend. He, I know that he loaded the bases in the third inning, but <laughs> it's like, be a... like Devin Smeltzer, I would trust for two or three innings over Kyle Gibson right Dominic, now. man. Dominic's a boss. Uber driver. <laughs> got a bit of a Great girth. facial hair. He, he Great is Great facial hair. He is us. Oh, yeah, for he's sure. He's sort of a slob, but I love him for it. He's straight out of a major league movie, right? Yes. yes. But, I mean, he's sort of got a gut. He's got the facial hair. He's unkept. I mean, he he is the type of guy. Phil's right. Ten years from now, the Randy Dominic story, and the 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 name. It's 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 one of those names that like we'll say Randy Dominic in five or six years, and you, you don't even know why, but you chuckle. You know what I mean? Remember Andy Dominic? Who plays him? The Dobber. Yeah. <laughs> Who plays him? 
Who would play Randy Dobnik in the Randy Dobnik story? Wow. Um, There's got to be a likely candidate. Brad, I got Brad, old Brad Pitt. No, yeah, I'm no. going with um, Danny McBride. Yes. Of Kenny Powers fame. <laughs> yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I think that's, he'd be that's perfect accurate. for it. Yeah, right? That's accurate. He is KFP, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love that show. Roy Smalley's <laughs> appearance with us brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. And before we go anywhere, let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which has been a proud partner of Mackie and Judd with Rami for several months now. And uh, they're here to help you be as successful as possible as a business owner. So if you're a business owner, you might want to listen up here because it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business, there's so many things that pop up every day. I mean, things, hurdles that you've, you never even envisioned being in front of you. Imagine having a Minnesota based company with over a century of experience in all kinds of case studies in their past. You can go to federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries Federated protects. It's also worth noting for the second year in a row, Federated was named a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. The people of Federated Insurance are the best from top all the way down. Um, I've had a chance to meet people, everyone from newcomers to uh, the, the decision makers at the top, and uh, they, they treat you very well, just like they'll treat your business very, very well. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Time now for the Score North Download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. 12 games left in the season for the Twins. They sit five games up over the Indians in the AL Central, and we're kind of wondering. We have a, or Judd Zolgad has an article up at scorenorth.com who your Twins MVP is for this season. He made his case for five of them Nelson Cruz, Mitch Garver, Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, and Taylor Rogers. Go read his cases for those five players to be the Twins MVPs. Otherwise, let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter, who your Twins MVP is this season. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. It's not too late to sign up for the TC10K, TC5K, presented by Fredrickson and Byron or the Medtronic TC Family Events, featuring races for kids of all ages. To learn more or sign up, visit tcmevents.org or visit scorenorth.com, keyword marathon. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. My head says Kepler, but my heart says Nelson Cruz for changing a changing an offensive culture Can't and maybe even evolving a clubhouse. Take culture. your heart out of it. Take your heart out of it. You got you got to go with your head. Could you make a case? For, I mean, Nelson yes. Cruz. Has he, just I make been, a case for him. His presence. I make a case for him. I make a case for Max. I make a case for Mitch. I make a case for Taylor Rogers. Jorge Polanco. Your all star. Starting shortstop. If he hadn't Great kind of first dropped half. off the planet in the second half of the season, he was tracking for like major league MVP. Let me tell you right now, best war on the team, Jorge Polanco. Yeah. Even though he didn't lead in any of the major categories that you look at on the back of a baseball card, are baseball cards still a thing? Yes. They, actually, I think they're becoming like a big thing again. Oh, they're coming yeah. back. Good. I'm glad to hear that. But I think I'd go with I think I'd go with Buxton if he didn't get if he wasn't injured. I mean, he didn't lead the team in batting average, home runs, whatever. But that dude just seemed to make things go. He just seemed to be the engine that that drove things. And Phil has made the point before. He automatically makes four people, four positions on the field better because he's better than whoever his replacement will be in center field. He makes the the right fielder better. He makes the left fielder better, and he makes the pitcher better by getting outs that nobody else on the field gets. His impact is hard to measure. Yeah, I, I think if he if he had played a full season, and of course the counter argument is going to be, well, they're going to win a hundred games without him for most of the year, and and. 
Well, my retort to that would be, yeah, but they would win like 105 games then. Like he would, he would, he would have added a small handful of wins on top of what they already have right now. And he would, have, he would have probably kept a couple guys' ERAs a half run lower. Too. Just one year. I want one year for them. Well, we're one still full waiting. year, and we are waiting. So a, a great get on the twin show today. You guys had Brian Kenny, the Brian Kenny from MLB Network. And he had this to say about the Twins in terms of their, you know, next several years or so. Well, I think um, with their, you know, incredible offensive performance, they've forced their way into the super team conversation. You know, through the season, uh, there's been a few different tiers that have developed. And at the very top, it's where it's the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. You know, the Braves have gotten, you know, quite good. But I think the Twins have kind of elevated themselves because any time you put up, and I did this yesterday on MLB Now, any time you do a comparison of the teams, uh, if you're doing it offensively at the very least, the Twins are in that conversation. They're in there with the metrics and everything they're doing. So while their win total is slightly below, I think they sort of belong. I think nationally people do feel they're still like a tier below only because those top three teams are going to be in that 104-win area, and they have truly been so dominant. So do you guys, how, how do you guys view like the tiers? When you, when you think about the Twins compared to the Yankees slash Astros, which is, like record-wise, you got Yankees and Astros are tied right now at 98 wins, and then you have the Twins are a level down from that, and then you've got the wild-card teams. Do you think of the Twins, like how do you think of those tiers? Because I think of, I actually think of the Twins on the same level as the Yankees. I do too, but not on the same level as the Astros. We are exactly eye to eye. The Astros and and the Dodgers seem to be on an on another plateau than than the rest of Major League Baseball. But I know what the records say. But to me, when I look at the two teams on paper and I compare lineup to lineup, rotation to rotation, bullpen to bullpen, defense to defense, I basically see a mirror image of the Yankees when I look at the Twins and vice versa. I don't think there's a huge difference between those two teams, talent-wise or style of play-wise. Agree completely. Yep. And, and the so the wildcard team that I actually like too, that I might move into that group tier two, the A's. I really like the A's. The A's have a sneaky good team. Uh, but yeah, I would say Houston Dodgers are, are the best of the best. But the Yankees have have flaws. So if the Yankees and Twins play in the ALDS. It's going to be probably what? Paxton, who's been pitching great for a month now, essentially. Month plus, I think, against Barrios. And after that, it's going to be, it's going to be pitchers tied to the bullpen. So, like, tell me, unless you think flat out, and there's a chance here, that the Yankees can outslug the Twins, but I think that's a very close call, right? Those two are very close. I don't think that there's a huge difference there. The Yankees, on their best day, fully healthy, might be able to beat you 18 to 15. But there's no definitive, oh, boy, you're in trouble. Houston, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, in Houston, you're in trouble, but because of your lineup and because you know, there's there's certain little matchup quirks there that Justin Verlander gives up a ton of home runs, even though he's awesome. Well, guess what? The Twins can hit three home runs off Justin Verlander. But for all the reasons that you just listed, I got Twins and Yankees on the same plateau. And then, yeah, Dodgers, it's hard to tell because you're kind of – the National League isn't quite as top-heavy as the American League is, but – um, but it's interesting to hear Brian Kenny say that, like verbatim, the Twins have emerged into super team conversation, mm-hmm. and I took that to mean not just for this year, but also going forward. If you can keep 
most of this together and even add to it. I think they know what they have to add, right? Like they got to add at least one legitimate starting pitcher this offseason via trade or via free agent signing. But um, yeah, it was cool. If you want to listen to the whole thing, Brian Kenny, Score North Twin Show, podcastable anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North mobile app. The Honorable Judge is back. Jonathan Harrison is here for a cram session. When we come back, Jonathan will award us points based on how much we suck up to him and our answers, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, we watch sports in this studio on a TCL TV. In fact, we've got the legendary Judge. Did you? Uh, were you around? Were you of of proper age to watch Earl Weaver? Oh yeah, Ryan Luciano would get in big. Bro- oh it was, yeah, I loved Earl, the Earl of Baltimore. They called him. Yeah, the only thing a TCL TV with its 4K picture quality can't really do for you is take 70s, 60s, and 70s baseball footage and you stretch it out enough. But well, small black and whites were great back in yeah. the day. I'm going to tell you guys though, right now. Make Cam Newton, who's on our TCL TV right now, look like a 60 or 70 year old woman with the way he was dressed at Walmart today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, Cam Newton is uh, an interesting I guy. I legitimately saw that and thought, like, somebody said grandma's at Walmart or something like that. Or no, somebody said Cam Newton at Walmart. And I saw it, and I was like, ha-ha, somebody took a picture of their grandma and said it was Cam Newton because the way he's been dressed. No, that post game press. I click on the picture, and I'm like, that's really that's really him? Yeah. That's really Cam Newton? So whether it's Cam Newton or whether it's uh, Tony Kornheiser right now, if you want to see wrinkles on an actual old man or a young man dressed up as an old woman... <laughs> 4K picture quality with these TCL TVs is definitely the thing for you. You can find out more about TCL TVs at TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, he's back. Jonathan Harrison is the corrupt judge that awards points arbitrarily based on our answers to his questions here in Cram Session. And there's a lot of things to get to. So let's waste no time, Jonathan. The floor is yours. Who All was right. the judge last week? I was not here last. Well, week, I mean, though. Jonathan was. Uh, I was just gone. Was yesterday. gone yesterday. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. All right. Because my kid decided to get sick, and I am not sick, thankfully, as far as I know. Yet. Yet. As a kid, I saw that there was an outbreak of E. coli cases from the state fair. Did you guys see that story? Can you today? not tell me this. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, like, wait. Like, like no, there ten, was one. Ten, ten people have been have been uh, hospitalized with. E. coli cases stemming from the Minnesota State Fair. Is there fair a common already. link in the food that they ate? Or There's a just... common link in the place that they visited. Oh. And? Are we going to say it? or I'll give you guys three guesses. You each get a guess. It's got to be a barn of some sort. Something happened. I could tell. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to say they were in the, the, the barn, the animal exhibit. Yeah. You're close. That they might were... be a corndog stain. Milk, uh, milk yeah. something. They were in all of the corndog stains that Jonathan oh. and Rami went to. On their <laughs> That's the issue. Yeah. No, they were in the, 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 they, they traced it back to the Miracle of Birth Center. Yeah, that's not surprising. Rami, did you have a chance to visit the Miracle of Birth Center? No. I feel it's like we right should have made that part of your... Walk in yeah, the no, you know what? No, there's no reason to go in there. Yeah, like yeah. They show pigs and cows yeah, like I, are no, laying there having... Yeah, no, I'm good, dude. Yeah, exactly. I don't need that in my life. And, no. and, and a human. Oh, really? I've seen that once before. Don't care to see <laughs> no, it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gross. Really a miracle? I mean, come on. It happens every, it happens I, every day everywhere. I, I, I doubt I'll ever father a child, but if I do, like... Is it really that mandatory that the father be in the delivery room? 
Like, is, is that really? Like, I was. I know. But is, I love how you jump from like, I, I thought you were going to say like, is it really like the father has to be like down there watching and you're like, you don't even want to be in the room. I don't want to be in the room. Like, <laughs> you what am I doing? Watch? What like, are you there's, doing? there's no other medical procedure where they're inviting like loved ones in. Like, ah, come on in, watch. Like, yeah. it's a medical procedure. Hey, it's a double bypass. You want to watch it? <laughs> Time to get a colonoscopy. You want to watch it? Dad's having a double bypass. Why don't you come in and watch it? Now I'm going to watch the game. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Makes sense. I love how we just like you guys Sorry. just equated a double bypass to having a child. They're both medical fine. procedures. They Pretty both serious happen. Medical in, procedures. No? They both happen in like rooms and hospitals with bright lights and scalpels I'd and pass clamps out. and things. Yeah, I don't. I'd pass. I definitely keel over. I couldn't take it. So I'm like the only the only remaining one on this show with and I and I will I plan to father at least one child in my well, life. Good so luck I'll, let being you, in I'll there. let you guys know how. Have fun know. being in there. Jonathan and I can yeah. have our own little club. All right. We got there the night before, and they gave her the medicine or whatever to induce labor, and I fell asleep waiting for this to happen. They woke me up at 7, like, hey, you ready? And my wife's been like, about, I've been up all night. You know, I think I feel like I'm going to be the guy that just like unnecessarily complains about my own problems during that. <laughs> you know what? This chair they gave me to sleep yeah, on super not uncomfortable. Really comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> my neck just really hurt the next morning. <laughs> All right, question number one. All right, so with news coming out today that Gi- that the Giants are benching Eli Manning, which would you rather have for the Vikings for the rest of the season, Eli Manning or Kirk Cousins? Robbing? It's Kirk Cousins because he can throw the football. Like, I don't really need to make much of a case other than that. He's great at throwing it to opposing teams. No, but I mean, he can throw it. He can throw it. We saw that Sunday. He can throw the football. Hey, there's a Packer wide open. Down the field with with some velocity. Like, Eli Manning can't do that. That's, and that's what I would always say about Tim Tebow. And people thought I was like hating on him because of his religion or whatever. I don't care. Like, (laughs) qualification number one of a quarterback. Be able to throw a football, and Eli Manning can't do that right now, and Kirk Cousins can't. So, uh, I'm sorry, can. So, I'm going Kirk Cousins. All right, here's, my answer is also Kirk Cousins, and I am, and I am wavering more on Kirk Cousins than I've ever been in my life watching Kirk Cousins. But if you take just for context here, okay, Eli Manning, Eli Manning's career passer rating. Can we all agree real quick that so Eli Manning came in and was was a starter in 2004 as a rookie. Hmm? That 2004 through 2019 is the golden era of throwing the football, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is right. this is as airborne as this league has ever been. If you took Eli Manning's career passer rating and slid it into last year's NFL quarterbacks, mm-hmm. he would rank 29th, 84.5 career passer rating. He would rank 29th if you took his career passer rating and snuck it into last year's ranking. So. I'm good on Eli Manning. I'd rather roll with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to double down, and I'm going Eli Manning. Wow. And here's why. All right. One, no expectations. He's just being contrarian to get the points. Don't don't fall for like it, with Jonathan. Kirk. Like with, but with Kirk, we're still don't saying, like it. with Kirk, we're still saying, well, it's Kirk. Come on, they signed him to this guy. With Eli, you'd be saying, I expect nothing. Anything he did, a positive. Secondly, you wouldn't let him throw much. You would give the ball to Dalvin Cook, and you might let him dump the ball off, but you're not going to have him, as the football wonks like to say, drive the ball downfield. Third and most important, you wouldn't care when the offensive line got him killed. You'd be like, carry him off the field. I don't care. On a stretcher, I don't care. And he then perma Eli face after getting yeah, trucked. You would, but seriously, you wouldn't give a damn. And then finally, it would it would set you up. 
to replace him for 2020, which you can't do with Kirk, by either drafting a QB, going elsewhere, but nonetheless, you'd be done. I'm going Eli Manning. While I do appreciate a good Eli Manning call-out, Judd, you're not going to get the point Darn. here today. There we go. For multiple reasons, not the not the least I that he lost me the quarterback cesspool challenge this week. I've been keeping the well, stats on that one. Not, lost, not okay me. with that one. Did, did you see what Rami got from Trevor yeah, yeah. Stim? I'm oh, no. so mad right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great number. <laughs> so, in honor of Rami's snark that he just labeled on Kirk Cousins that he can throw a ball and Eli can't, Rami, you're going to get the There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Phil said that loud right there. Danny but... Cannell tweeted concerning Eli Manning. Eli Manning is, without question, a Hall of Fame quarterback. End of discussion. No, dis- There's no, no discussion. discussion no, zero discussion. Okay. So let's not discuss it. We cannot. Don't. We're not, stop. We're not even nope. allowed to. Moving well, on to question but, two. But what about no. No. Phil? Stop. Judd? End right. of discussion. Right, no. How can no. you? How Hall can you of Fame. Hall of Fame. Stop it. End of discussion. <laughs> Both of you. Are you sure that... No! Question two. Is Eli Manning all... Oh, I can't no. do that. Never mind. No. <laughs> do you know what we do know? We will Gentlemen. not discuss this. End of discussion. Archie, Eli, Peyton, the Manning family doesn't know when to say when. I guarantee you they always have that 15th drink. Aren't you done yet? Wait, 15th drink? Or 20th wow. drink. You're like, okay, on the, you're okay. 20th okay. through 14th. <laughs> that 15th? That was the problem. Too far. Yeah, Whatever 14, you're telling them. I, I, don't, 15, I, don't no. think, I don't think you need that last drink. They're like, ah, I'm going to have that last drink. A like, glimpse into Judd's tolerance right there. <laughs> Hall of Fame drinker. No discu- end of discussion. End of discussion. I'm a Hall of Fame drinker. End of discussion. <laughs> Question two. The Twins <laughs> essentially locked up the AL Central this last weekend, winning two of three over Cleveland. Look ahead to the playoffs, boys. What is the most intriguing possible playoff series, and it doesn't have to include the Twins? You know what? I'll start here, and I am going to include the Twins. Okay. Twins-Yankees, I think, is great fun. And again, I might not get the point, but I did the research. So, bully for me. <laughs> Number one, the offense. It's going to be indoor soccer. But it could be fun. Now, the games are going to be a little bit long, but once you get past game one, which would be Paxton Barrios probably, this could be a free-for-all. The other thing, Paxton Barrios game one could be a great game. Paxton's pitched great for a month. Barrios, the last two times out, and especially a week ago Tuesday against a good Washington team, pitched great. Game one could be fantastic. And three is, I think that we could finally... And I'm not saying it would happen for sure, but we could finally be in a place in this town to put this hold. You can't beat the Yankees. It's impossible to rest because Rocco Baldelli, Nelson Cruz, this team, as we've discussed before on the show, doesn't care. So I think Twins-Yankees could be a lot of fun. It could be really long, but it could be fun. It's Twins-Yankees. It's Twins-Yankees' second part of Rocky IV. They I just, don't have access to a button bar. Do not take these points away from me. They just witnessed the massacre of their best friend. Spoiler alert. They're going up against a Herculean opponent that has had their number, and they said, bleep it. Who's this best friend? We're going to get jacked, too, at the end of Rocky Four, and we're going to go toe-to-toe with you. We're going to go out the to the bomb. middle of Siberia and do bring pull-ups on the log. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. getting really irritated over here because he didn't have the button I didn't bar have access. the button bar. I got screwed. <laughs> he couldn't play up his take like you just did. <laughs> it's Twins-Yankees, man. The twin, the, the, there, there is no team in baseball that has owned another team over a 15-year stretch like the Yankees have owned the Twins. And now the Twins have gone from little brother to big brother, and they are hitting home runs on the same record pace as the Yankees. 
It would be very symbolic if this Bomba Squad team went into Yankee Stadium and polished off the Yankees for the first time in our lifetimes, basically. Okay, from a purely intrigue standpoint, Jonathan Harrison, that's what you're asking for, right? I'm just intriguing to you, yeah. Specifically Convince here me on it. at Score North, the most intriguing thing that could happen is a Cubs-Twins <laughs> World Series because you have never seen a heel turn like you're going to see for me if it's a Cubs-Twins World Series and jumping off that Bomba bus as the Cubs bus comes riding by. You're going to be like, like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have not seen a heel turn like this since Hulk Hogan going to the NWO. It will be unprecedented, this heel turn in Sports Talk Radio, after I've been the driver of the breakless Bomba bus for an entire season, and my Cubs and the Twins meet in the World Series. I'm going to jump off that bus so quick. So self-serving right here. So quick. So self-serving. It's going to make your head spin, Jonathan. Can someone who's already a heel in this town for his roof take become even more, or do a heel turn already? I feel like I've won Because you're already a heel because of the put a roof on it. I feel like a lot of people have come to look past the put a roof on it thing. Yeah, you're like, it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. You've been trying to be a bad guy, but you're just so <laughs> likable. Exactly, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Stay oh. humble, buddy. <laughs> Rami316 says, I just booked your ass. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. I'm going to give the point to Judd here. He did the research, and also he had a soccer reference, so. I mean, it was indoor soccer, but. He said soccer in it. He fought against the button bar. And if I had a button bar, you know how good that would have been? You know how on top of my game I would have been? <laughs> What's the music you would have had? I uh, don't know. We wouldn't be allowed to play my music because of copyright laws. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't it would know. Have been, it would have been Hulk yeah. Hogan's entrance music, yeah, which exactly. was uh, Jimi Hendrix. And then we'd be sued and shut down. Yeah. And... <laughs> All right, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. We're going to get to question Are we three. Gonna, oh, boy. On the other side. And drama around the NFL. And also, Rami has not taken a five-day hiatus in like a year and a half. And yeah. he's wondering, what does a lonely a guy do for five days in the Twin Cities? I have no idea. What Build I'm a roof myself. for the local baseball stadium, you fraud. So Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. Join Dan Terhar, Kindred E. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United travels out west to take on the Portland Timbers with pregame at 2.30, kickoff at 3, right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. All right, all right, question number three here. We got Jeb with a point, Rami with a point. Let's finish up cram session here, all Jonathan. Right. Question three, Reggie Bush is going to be at the L.A. Coliseum this weekend for the USC-Utah game. He'll be on the Fox Sports College Football Show broadcasting from the game. It's the first time he'll be back there for a Trojans game in over nine years. Wow. So in honor of that, what former Viking outside of the two obvious of Brett Favre and Randy Moss would you want to be in the booth this weekend against the Raiders. Fred Smoot. <laughs> <laughs> For all of the reasons. <laughs> For all of the reasons. Now what would you ask about the ball answer? I was gonna the whole say, game be on the ball? I was going to say Jared Allen, but I think for the first time in the history of Crab Session, I'm just going to concede this one to, to <laughs> Phil. I don't think there's a better answer than Fred Smoot. <laughs> Judd? All right, here's mine. Is there a better answer than that? I gave this a lot of thought. Now, Fred Smoot would be great fun, but in light of the recent bad quarterback play, I would like to trace this to the, spar- the start of the Spielman era. 
and get Christian Ponder in the booth to talk about just how crappy a quarterback can be. So you can say... I'm with Judd now. So you you can say, Christian, Kirk Cousins has been struggling. What does it take to suck? And he could tell you exactly how you could be that bad. Christian Ponder. Get Sam Ponder. She could come up in the booth too. Maybe do a little play-by-play. It'd be a family affair. I'd like that. I got to give this to Judd. Christian Ponder. I want to hear some quarterback analysis from... Him? Bad, but how to yeah. be bad. Like, how were you this bad? Well, let me explain. That cousin's pass, I can explain in a second. Let me tell you why I only looked at my first read instead of looking at the others after it. I mean, I thought the pass that Kirk threw in Green Bay was fantastic. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Looks fine to me. Yeah, that's the pass I threw in 2012. <laughs> so Judd Zolgad, thank you very much. Takes the point. Well done. Um, here's what's just a quick amazing fact about Christian Ponder. So... First round draft pick quarterbacks, usually it's a ticket at the very least. I mean, it's half the time it's a ticket to make a ton of money and be a franchise guy somewhere and, you know, five, 10 years minimum as a starting quarterback. But at the very least, it's a ticket to just be in the league for 10 plus years. It usually, if you're a first round pick. In fact, by my count, the only guys drafted the last 10 or 15 years, I'm just going to go through like guys who completely flamed out of the league for one reason or another within five years. Christian Ponder, Johnny Manziel was a first-round draft pick, flamed out for other reasons. Is E.J. Manuel still bouncing around NFL rosters, or is he done too? No, I think think he retired this (laughs) offseason. Okay, retired. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, guys, listen, I know you're all blowing up my phone here. I love when nobody wants a guy and he retires. (laughs) Uh, Jake Locker retired, and uh, man... Tim Tebow, like those are the, in the last ten years, those are the guys first round picks that just couldn't stand an NFL. Run. EJ Manuel hasn't played since twenty seventeen. He retired, no. retired in quotes before last season. It's aggressive. And now, if you look, like segue, look at what's happening right now this year with starting with the Andrew Luck retirement. This era of quarterbacks and Luck, Luck was was not in the same generation of quarterbacks as Drew Brees, Eli Manning. Drew Brees hurt, Eli ben Manning benched, Ben Roethlisberger out for the season, but. You know, there's there's four guys who've been iconic new era quarterbacks that are either out, retired, or uh, benched now. In the case of Eli Manning, interesting. Yeah, so what the 2004 draft is basically gone, right? Aside from Philip, yeah, Philip Manning was uh, in that draft. Roethlisberger, Breeze was before that draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Breeze was like oh two or oh yeah somewhere in there. Yeah, I've got it in front of me here. The 2004 draft class. Uh, well, there's a lot of quarterbacks drafted. Can you name the fourth? There's Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. There was another first-round draft pick quarterback in 2004. In 2004? Matt Schaub was a third-round draft pick quarterback. Uh, Luke McCown was a fourth-round draft pick. I think I know it. I think I know it. Was it J.P. Lossman? It was J.P. Lossman. Wow, who, who good pull. Who, by the way, the Packers liked and wanted. And Buffalo got him. Yeah. And only because of that, then, was when Rodgers was sitting there in 2005, did they take him. So many guys. Jim Sorge was a How long has J.P. Lossman been out of the National Football League now? Long time. It feels like he's been out of the league for five years. I like J.P. Lossman because long hair guy. Yeah. I was like long hair guy, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah, don't blame you one bit. It's been eight years. The since flow been coming out the, out the back. 2011 was his final season. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have there been, like, how many, in the last 20 years, how many long-haired quarterbacks have had success? Uh, who was the guy? He was on the Chargers, and they thought he might be something for Oh, him. yeah, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Whiteside. Yep. Yeah. Um, Whitehurst or Whitehurst, yeah, yes, okay, Whitehurst, right. Whiteside, whatever, yeah, that's white the same. guy, that's the guy, yeah, <laughs> white guy, long, long hair, <laughs> long hair, <laughs> just call him white guy. The Packers, uh, had, the Packers <laughs> had a backup quarterback when I covered him, who then signed with the Vikings. He might have been a practice squad guy, or he might have been the third string quarterback here. His name was was it J T Sullivan? 
good, long, flowing locks. Hmm. The best look Jim McMahon ever had was spiked on top, long in the back. When was that? It was early in his career. Because um, it wasn't when he was here, that's for sure. A young Rami Makhlouf emulated that haircut. Is Trevor Lawrence going wait, to be the most successful? Are there photos of that? <laughs> Probably. The fact that you be. love Jim McMahon is hilarious. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence going to be the most successful long-haired quarterback in the league when he gets here? Like ever? Yeah, probably ever. Well, who's had it? Probably. He might have the best head of hair at the quarterback position in the history of the NFL. Didn't Kenny Stabler have long hair at one point? 70 sort of long, yeah, scraggly. Maybe, but... But I, I don't know that I would call it... Yeah, I guess he did. Hmm. Technically, I guess he did. Who do you guys think... So, you could look at this group of quarterbacks, like Eli, Breeze, Ben... Who has the best head of hair? Luck. Yeah, who's going to have the best head of hair in like five years? <laughs> Not the Mannings. No. No. Not the Mannings. No. They, they don't know when to say when, but they got bad hair, too. And the alleys keep getting Their deeper for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Alleys are getting deep for Ben Roethlisberger. They are. Yes. Just shave it, man. He should. He would look good with a shaved head. I mean... He's got an enormous melon. <laughs> Roethlisberger's head is huge. It would take a half hour to shave the head, you know. I mean, that is one big head. Roethlisberger is one of the few people whose neck is wider than his head. (laughs) It's crazy. He is a miracle. Like, it's it's a very odd look. It's weird. He's an an odd look. But, like, if you you had a lineup of human beings and and you didn't know who they were, but you you just had a list of last names and then faces from the neck up, You'd totally match him with Roethlisberger, right? Like, if it oh, was yeah. Roethlisberger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right. It's Wilson, Brady, yep. and Roethlisberger. Yeah. You'd be like, that guy right yeah. there is Roethlisberger. That's, oh, that's right? not Breeze. Yeah. Old thick neck over there. That's Roethlisberger. Yeah, is that Breeze or Roethlisberger? Yeah, that's right. a Roethlisberger for sure. But I feel like we've taken these these big-time name quarterbacks, and uh, Rodgers is going to be out in the next five years, Brady. Like, in five or six years, who do you think will be the Eli Breeze-Ben equivalents, where they are the guys you think of when you think of an era of quarterbacks in the NFL? Like, Brady would be on this list. In five years from now, who are going to be the... the, Who's who's on that, like, four or five quarterback poster in 2025? I try not to be NFL overreaction guy. Like, you got, like... Judd, after two weeks, saying, I had Super Bowl hopes when this season started, but that's over now. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I, I'm saying distance yourself, everyone, everyone, forget about it. And Phil being done with Kirk Cousins after two weeks, when two weeks ago he was like, you know, this might work. This whole Gary Kubiak new offensive line thing might work. But? I think that stuff is hilarious. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go against not being NFL overreactor. No, I think we're there. He might be the GOAT. He might be the greatest quarterback of of all time when all is said and done. I think that's so hard to do. When you look at what this guy does, like he he makes throws that nobody should be making. He makes them look routine. He will be rolling out to his right and throw the ball across his body with all his momentum moving towards the right sideline, all the way across the field, like 30 yards downfield to a receiver who's pretty well covered and just put it on a dime. He he does things that you just don't see people do. He might end up being the GOAT. So how about this? Mahomes on that poster for sure. Let's say there's got to be five. Oh, there's got to be five. I got to come up with Is five. Dak on there? I think I think I wouldn't have said this last year, but I think Dak's probably going to be on do that you know list. Who, who I think is on that list for sure, provided he can stay healthy. Deshaun Watson. The, I, the, the I healthy thing is a key. Can. Can. I, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. 
So he's not even he can't he's not even drafted for like I, I know, but he's going to be. I think he's going to be fantastic. I love that kid. I would tank for that. Actually, kid. you know who else is on this list? He'd be the OG on this list, but he's only thirty one right now. Russell Wilson. Yep, oh, be on sure. this list. Too. Is Matt Ryan too old to be on the list? I think he might be. I, I don't he's think what, he's on 34? the list. You know what? I don't think he's on that list. He's thirty four. We're talking five or six okay. years from now. Yeah. What about Lamar Jackson? That's a possibility. Maybe we've seen two games of them actually deciding to use his arm. I think Mahomes. We know for sure. If we're going Mahomes and Russell Wilson, for sure, the yep. two of them. Who are the other three? Between Here's the other ones I have. Between Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Dak, and Deshaun. I don't think Carson Wentz. I don't, know. I don't, I don't think Carson why. Wentz. And Gardner, why. And, and Gardner Minshew. Why hasn't oh, Gardner, Mitchell Trubisky come up? Gardner Minshew. I'm wondering. Gardner <laughs> Minshew, play the porn tune right now. Play the porn <laughs> You can't take Gar- his pregame warm-ups again? Yeah, yeah, you can't talk about Gardner Minshew and not fire okay. the porn tune. I don't tune. think we ever talked about his pregame warm-ups. You guys, just a jockstrap. Rami said he was going to do that in studio, by the way. <laughs> Wait, what does he do? Oh, you, oh you didn't hear this? He stretches in the locker room wearing nothing but a jockstrap. Just a jockstrap. Nothing but a jockstrap. Headband, too, or... <laughs> I don't know. The, the Did you see him? Testimony I read said nothing but a jockstrap. Did you see Gardner getting off the team plane yes. Saturday? No. Shirt unbuttoned, Dude. like a 70s floral shirt. Oh, right? yes. But it's one thing to unbutton it down like to the chest and show a little bit of taco no. meat. <laughs> he was going like straight down to the belly button. I know. That's, yeah. why, that's why we were playing the music. That's amazing. The other two guys we didn't even oh, mention yeah. are, are Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold on this list. I think Mayfield will end up on there. But again, why, isn't, Murray, why isn't anybody talking about Mitchell Trubisky? Guys? I'm sorry. I haven't scrolled so, down far I'm sorry, who? on my rankings here. Uh, future MVP and Super Bowl champion Mitchell. Trubisky. NFC North, man, that, that quarterback list. Rodgers, okay. Stafford, yeah. The other two, oh boy. Josh Allen. No, he's not on this list. Josh, Al- no, Josh Allen's not. Josh Rosen's not. I don't think Wentz is. Do you? I I think Wentz is. I'm. I think he'll be. I think he's good, but I don't think he's on the list. You're talking above about average. Yeah, but I don't think ta- he's going to be on this list. Of but if you're talking league, if you're talking about a poster of five quarterbacks on a kid's bedroom in six yeah. years, I don't see Carson Wentz no. unless the kid lives in Philadelphia. No. It's, it's hanging mo- up that poster. There's two dudes who are solidified on it in six years right now: Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and then the other two or three spots on that poster are up for grabs. That's how I look at. It. I, and Dak is probably the. The next one. I like that. Dak or Goff are next on the list. Hey, before we get to uh, Royce, we got to help Rami out here. Our friend Rami. Five day staycation. So this is, this is, you're, you're taking a breather here before Twins hit the playoffs. Right. And before uh, football season play the Bears. Swing. Right. Yeah. And you're going to do a staycation in the Twin Cities for five days. All Starting tomorrow. All alone. So lonely. And and we pose the questions when people are already answering on social here. This isn't an ad for you to try and get companionship. I think we that don't violates be warming up. For I think that violates rules. That. Yeah. What should right, Rami I'm do? I'm Gardner Minshew. Yeah. What do I do? What do I, I do to, to occupy my time? Like there will be plenty of Netflix and catching up on the DVR. That's that's the main purpose of this vacation. If I'm being honest, there will be some cooking going on. I like to cook. Well, I'll what be do you want to do? Some really do you nice go meals. Out? I mean, yeah, I want to. I want to go out and do some things and experience Minnesota. I like nature. I like walking. I like hiking. I like restaurants. I like sightseeing. You should. Like, uh, what should I do? Legit, you should go to Duluth. Do it either a yeah. day trip to Duluth, or if What's you can in find Duluth? 
everything. Gor- it's gorgeous. It's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, it's like one of you know, it's Lake Superior, so it's 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 mm-hmm. massive the leaves, lakefront. The leaves city. are starting to change if you drive up to Duluth as well. Yeah. So it's so good. You can hiking see the leaves. up there. Or? Yes. Tons of great hiking. Well, okay, yes. be careful. No, <laughs> we hate to see you die up there. What? I mean, I Is thought you'd go. Sincere, Jed? No, I thought you were going to drive up there and check it out. But if you're going to hike and you fall, and then we got problems, and we got to find another co-host. And really, this took a lot of time. <laughs> Like, this is supposed to be five days, okay? Not eternity. Right. You don't need medical leave following the <laughs> yeah, five days. exactly right. Rob, yeah, Rami I... comes in in a halo. <laughs> I got to carry him in, plop him down. Fell off a cliff. Get his hot sports takes. <laughs> Other people are chiming in here saying, all right, let's come up with, this is Joe uh, Dinzio tweets into the show. Oh, here. I saw this. Yeah. Exactly, Joe. Let's come up with uh, a top five Minnesotan things for Rami to do for the next five days. And he says road trip to Duluth, so he agrees with us. Minnesota's largest candy store in Shakopee? Jordan, but yes. Jonathan recommended that. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. That's the halfway marker for Jonathan's ride home every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Why do you think this weight loss program isn't working? (laughs) Uh, Minnesota food tour. Yeah, I think I would say if you, Duluth, if you can swing it, like, Tomorrow or Thursday, if you're planning on staying overnight, it's probably way cheaper to stay on a Wednesday night than like a Friday yeah. this time of year. Yeah. But yeah, I would, uh, I mean, kind of. Are you trying not to drive? Into. Do you care? No, I don't mind driving if okay. it's worth it. Yeah, Duluth's gorgeous. It's, Duluth's something. It sounds like Door County, what you guys are describing to me when you say Duluth. Like for Wisconsin nights, you go up to Door County for a quiet weekend, some nature. Day on the lake, or whatever the case might yeah, be. Yeah, but like Door County has the feel of like a lifetime murder mystery. <laughs> right. <something>. Okay. <laughs> well, that is every small town in Wisconsin. But is that yeah. is that something I should save for when the girlfriend is here with me? Because she's not. She's still back in Milwaukee. Duluth would be a great trip with the missus. Okay. Yes. So maybe I'll save that for later and just spend these. Well, you're five trying to do something for you though. In the Twin Cities, what's that trail that runs over uh, along the Mississippi? There's like a trail that goes right along the Mississippi River down there. What is that? Like the uh, what, uh, River Road? I don't know. I don't know. I see it when I go to Acme Comedy. I've, it's taken me down that way a few times. Well, then go the check river, it out. I don't know. Why are you asking us? You've seen it. Like, is it worth then go, then go get on and see what happens. Thanks. Again, don't, try not to die. We'd like you back on Monday. Not to react to. You guys, hit Appreciate up Rami it. on Twitter. It's Rami is tweeting. Tell him what he should do. On his staycation for the Preferably next five things days. I can't get hurt or die doing because Judd doesn't want to be without me on the show past Sunday. <laughs> no miracle of life stuff either, okay? I don't want you to get you some to worry in- about that with intestinal me. illness where you're out for two months. No I don't even take my phone in the bathroom. You think I'm going yeah. you think I'm going near something like that? Rami's back and he weighs one twenty five. You're looking great, Rami. What's going on? Oh, just a little uh, E. coli mixed in with my uh, Rami for E. coli here. Yeah. I don't even know if a E. coli could get me down to 125. No. <laughs> what is that? Order. A, it's a tall it's, order. Oh, oh, like I'm sensing an athlete challenge. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap with Royce when we come back here. All right, Luther Brookdale Toyota. Man, if you're looking to a uh, road trip, whether it's Rami going up to Duluth or uh, if you're making trips to Door County, which actually I'm going to do in a few weeks over uh, over a weekend. Don't get murdered. Nope. Yeah. Hoping not to. <laughs> or E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than a 2019 RAV4 XLE. That's the car that I've been driving here on a uh, three-year lease for the last few months. 
You know, I, I love leasing because every two or three years you get these amazing technology upgrades in new Toyota models and safety features. And so I just love to, I love to uh, check out what what the upgrades are. And if you want to get in for a test drive, open until nine o'clock tonight. Just stop in and say hi to my friends in that showroom area, six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard. And the website is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Just find out the same experience that my family and I have been getting for 30-plus years. We wrap with Roycey next on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Time for the Score North download here. Besides all the great content you can get from us at our website, scorenorth.com, we got we got articles on Cousins improving. He, the Vikings must fix the pass rush for the, or pass protection for that to happen. Judd's five cases for at Twins MVP. Other Twins coverage, other Vikings coverage. We've got it all covered for you over at scorenorth.com. You can also download Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's been 10 years since we went on a ride with Brett Favre, and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Viking season. Join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition, on demand right now anywhere you find your favorite podcast, or just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment today of Mackey and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Patrick Royce, is, is Jose Barrios back? Is he back? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he looked pretty good last night. I uh, He's got command again. Uh, he's thrown a fastball in places other than the middle of the plate. and He's thrown a few more change-ups, although he didn't throw as many last night. He didn't have to. Had a real good breaking ball, but he just looks like he's letting the ball go. And like he was aiming it there for a while. I thought his delivery looked a little funky there for a while. But, yeah, I, I'd say so. I, uh, I think he's, uh, you know, this is... This is absolutely 100% what they needed to have any chance to win a couple of ball games in the postseason. Are you are you excited about the fact, Patrick, that there's a very good chance that the Twins are going to employ the opener in the playoffs in like Game Three and have the have a bullpen game? Because as we talked about today on Unchained, I don't think you can trust Gibby at this point. Well, and I think they'll start Martin Perez, but with a short. Martin Perez with a short, short leash, uh, you know. But that isn't a hell of a lot different than you know the Yankees. You know, dang well they're gonna with those lousy starters they have. They're gonna they're gonna bring in relievers in the fourth inning too. But uh, I, I think I think the first three games of the postseason they will use starters. But Gibby uh, is going to start Thursday, and then he'll get a start next Wednesday. And uh, I actually talked to him today about uh, you know. If he feels as though he's going to have to uh, show them something, and uh, it wasn't a topic he wanted to get into very, uh, very deeply, I can guarantee you that. But uh, you know, I think he knows he's up against it, and he's going to have to pitch real well. Damn, is he skinny though? Holy cow! Said he weighs two hundred pounds, six foot five, right? Six six. He was skinny before he got six, so yeah. Uh, And then you know he got he was skinny when he showed up. And he was putting weight back on at spring training, and he, you know, he was probably two fifteen or something during the season, and then he lost it all again when he got his uh, whatever the hell this colitis was that he had. He was giving me a review of a, a typical evening with this stuff: uh, bathroom at one thirty, bathroom at three thirty, bathroom at five thirty, bathroom at seven thirty, uh, bathroom at nine thirty. That makes it kind of hard to sleep. So. 
then you throw in the baby, and <laughs> it's uh, been an eventful time for him. So, uh, I, I, you know, it, it would be too bad if a guy who had to go through these nine years of hell since 2010, and they finally uh, would get into a playoff series, and he wouldn't, uh, and he wouldn't be good enough to pitch. But I, right now, the odds are certainly against him. I would think. But if he pitches well twice, they'll give him a start. Pat, so, is between the Astros and the Yankees, is there one you'd prefer to see in the ALDS? The Yankees, the Yankees for one hundred percent. Yankees. Uh, I think a the uh, they have a better club, the Astros, and b. The pitching, obviously, it's a huge difference. Now, the the trouble with playing the Yankees, though, fellas, is you got to be ahead after five, right? You got to be, you know, you got to get to those yeah. starters uh, because uh, they're bullpen. It's, but Dances is coming back this week. Now, that doesn't mean he'll be ready to pitch because uh, he hasn't pitched all year. But uh, if he comes back, that gives him five of them. And, uh, and, uh, you know, if you're down after five, the odds of beating somebody aren't real good. So that's it. I mean, either way, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be, if they play Houston, you're going to have to bet, uh, 280 to win 100 on Houston. If they play the Yankees, you're going to have to bet 250 to win 100. They're going to be big underdogs either way. I don't mean to be heartless here, but can I suggest that we have a Roycey Zolgat plan where the Twins pay everybody, let's say, $100,000 each to stay home and sit on their couches during the winter. And if you want to eventually go do community stuff or help uh, help poor people once you're done playing or go home and see your parents, I think that's great. But can we get everyone just to take it easy? The, the rest and relaxation that Rocco likes so much should happen November to spring training. So no one else you gets sick. Want, no one else gets want, in trouble. You don't, want, you don't want missions of mercy to Haiti. Oh, okay. No, not right. for active players. Once you're Dozier, done, go do it. Uh, Dozier was Honduras. Uh, he was building houses in Honduras about four straight winters. And as a former I don't player, think I, love he ever, I don't think he ever got a disease, but uh, I might be wrong. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, I, I don't know. I'm I've come out and against uh, many things, but I don't know if charity's one of them. So uh, <laughs> I might I might have a hard time supporting that one. Yeah. Okay. But it's. Uh, <laughs> Judd's anti-children, anti-charity. <laughs> no! Send guys, send guys, send guys like Laudner. Send yeah. him. He's done playing. How about, having a, how about having a rule against them not having babies during the season, too? That could be another one. That's a distraction, too. Yeah. Can we actually, talk about that, I actually? That's, that. I yeah. like that. Yes, I've talked about that before. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't allow your wife to get impregnated uh well, uh, let's see. I don't know how you time it so you miss the baseball season, though, because you might have morning sickness, and then you got to put up with that. That might interfere. No, that's with her problem, Pat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it might interfere with your sleep if she's in there barfing, you know. So my rule of thumb, Pat: plenty of people already yeah. procreate. Okay, if baseball mm-hmm. players don't, it ain't going to hurt us that much. And I'm a heavy yeah, sleeper. It won't bother me at all. Okay, but if baseball players hadn't procreated, we wouldn't get the Aaron Boone Savages rants that we got at Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah, and you wouldn't get Big Fat Vlad Jr. And uh, you wouldn't get a lot of, uh, you wouldn't get a lot of, uh, you wouldn't have gotten Prince. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that they should have kids. 
you know, I, I think that's a good idea. Pat, are you worried at all that the Vikings' first-round draft pick, franchise center, has been uh, mostly embarrassed and blown off the line for the first two weeks of the season? I'm never worried about the Vikings. I could care less. But uh, they, uh, it is uh, amazing that they decided. Why did they decide to make him the starter? Why not let him spend a year learning the position and get a little stronger? Uh, you know, why, why did they, why did they just, because you drafted him number one, he's got to play even when he's not ready to play. That's stupid. That's why it, they were desperate. Yes. That's, that's exactly why. Well, they weren't def- desperate to play elf line, you know, who's, who's mediocre, but mediocre is better than this, isn't it? Uh, yeah, except I mean, the problem there is they moved him to left guard because they didn't ha- have a left guard. The, pro- the problem is they didn't use, instead of taking a defensive player and saying, Zim, it's too bad, we're going to let Xavier Rhodes go, and then we're going to sign a veteran guard. If you had done that, it would make this whole thing a lot simpler, but they didn't. I think we're in a little too much panic over a game, which if, if things had worked out different... It would have been considered one of the great victories in Viking history coming back from 21-0 down to the Green Bay, and it didn't. And now we're in a complete panic. Cousins is going to pass for 380 yards Sunday against Oakland, and then all the people who are ripping him this week is going to say, see, all you guys were ripping him, and he's good. So uh, That's what know, Sid's going to say. It's a, it's a game. Well, no, that's what the the same callers you had uh, this week uh wanting to release him are going to call up and say, oh, you people, they forget what they say, okay? They uh, change week to week, and they forget what they say. Yeah. One thing it's I like can... all, the go, all the Gopher fans who thought uh, Tim Brewster was going to take him to the Rose Bowl the second year and wanted to get him signed to an extension, now knew all along he was a failure. Yeah. So, By the way, I, I'm, I don't understand what's wrong with people. The Gophers are 3-0. and they are three and zero. Gophers are three and zero. Hey, by the way, I didn't look. Did anybody show up for that game last week? What was their crowd? I didn't look at it. The box. I didn't see the box score. I have no idea what the crowd was. I didn't see. Oh, the, you know uh, what? Uh, Actually, uh, I think. Shipley from the Pioneer Press did a column about it, and he tweeted out a picture. And shockingly, there was a lot of the what the M in the second deck was uh, visible. So the answer to your well, question is God. no. I don't think people showed up. Right, but if they had twenty five thousand, that would have been good for Georgia Southern, for goodness' sake. So, I, I, yeah. Well, hell, you know the thing about it is they go on the road against Purdue next week, and Purdue's terrible. And Purdue was, you know, picked ahead of them, and a lot of people wrote that down as a loss. Purdue's awful. So uh, that guy, they they paid that what four and a half million to stay, Brom or something like that. Rather than uh, have him go to Louisville, and uh, they got to be wondering how smart they were. They're terrible. Yeah, uh, Pat. So, we will catch up with you again tomorrow. See at the yard. You at the yard? I'm at the yard. I'm at the yard. All right. I'm at the yard. We'll see right. you. We'll see you out right, there. Bye. Royce Unchained is coming up here shortly on Score North. Very good rant at the end too. Stick around for the entire thing. What did he freak out about? Well, I don't want to tell you, but at first he goes, "I don't really have a rant," and then at the end, of course. He went apoplectic. That was good. Hey, in the last two minutes here, what's the? I just saw a headline. Saved by the Bell is going to get a reboot. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm so excited. With who? With uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Slater and Jesse are married. 
Wait, so this is it's they're bringing they're bringing the A cast back. Yeah, I want to make sure they did it like a Saved by the Bell the new class at one point that was no, a no, complete no, no. disaster. Which <laughs> it was just Screech. That's no Mama to you, not Jesse. Okay, uh, sorry, that's so, Mama. So uh, Mama and Slater are are married in this, and uh, I'll just give you the the description from NBC Universal, who's putting this thing back out. Uh, let's see, want to make sure I get this right. Mark Paul Gossler, Zach Morris, is the mayor. And uh, he gets into some hot water when, or I'm sorry, he's governor. He's a governor of California when he's closing too many low-income high schools and proposes de-affected students be sent to the highest-performing schools in the state, including Bayside High. The influx of new students gives the overprivileged Bayside kids a much-needed and hilarious dose of reality. Lopez and Berkeley will return to play their beloved characters, A.C. Slater and Jesse Spano, respectively, and what sources say are new roles as parents. Tell, tell me Mr. Belding's coming back. I don't see anything in this press release about Mr. Bell. He looks He's the greatest. He looks rough. If you oh, see, he, he goes to Fort Myers Miracle Games all the time. But I, I was, I was initially set to say, I don't know, this is a buzzkill. Like I, I don't know if they're, if this is not going to work. Says the guy who watched three full seasons of Fuller House on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut up. Yeah. Why? It was great. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was so good. Was Aunt Becky in it? Yes, she was. And now she's going to be incarcerated. <laughs> yeah. Fuller House is gonna is gonna be the the big the house. big house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a million people made that joke on Twitter. Give them credit. Yeah, all you million people who had the same thought. Oh. Uh, keep tweeting suggestions for Rami's staycation over the next five days. At, At Rami, Rami is tweeting. He's just gonna watch TV for five days. Let's you know, be he's honest. He's gonna binge Fuller House. I'm not gonna lie. It's, that's gonna be about sixty percent of my free time is watching TV. <laughs> Only sixty. I'm, I'm looking. Only sixty. Come 40. on. Okay, maybe seventy. I will right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You know me at my condescending best. 